All right, here we go. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Walking Together podcast. Uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff on this podcast. This is just some pastors, and in this case, some pastors and a guy going for his doctorate in Christian leadership. So uh, today we're talking about authenticity and leadership and uh, the importance of authentic leadership, not just the buzzwords, but actually uh, owning leadership. So uh, so this is Paulo. So pa- Paulo Santos, he's, uh, that's, I, I say your name right, right? There's, it is pronounced Paulo. That's close enough. How do, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> Paulo. Okay, so okay, so a little bit more of an O than than I did. Mine was more of a U. Paulo. Wait, say it's, it's, it's different for everybody. So just do I say it right? How do you say it? See now, now that I'm getting ready right? to say it, like it's going to come out different than the way I usually say it. I think. So so his his name is spelled P A O, L O. So. It's got more of an O than a U. Paolo. Ooh, that's kind of... It's closer? That works too. Yeah? No? Not so much. And in the Philippines in class, there'd be three of us in the same room named Paolo, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you grew up in the Philippines? Mm-hmm. I just grew up there till I was uh, 13, and we moved here to the U.S. Man. That's awesome. That is cool. What? So what brought y'all over here? Was my mother's uh, postdoctoral fellowship at NIEHS at Research Triangle Park? Man, in Raleigh, right? In uh, the Raleigh Durham area. Yeah. Moved halfway around the world for it. Yeah, that's and their sponsor wanted her specifically, and brought the whole family here. That is cool. Awesome. So, and has that like? Has that played a role on you going for your doctorate? Doctor? Almost Dr. Paula? Yeah, I would think so. I think so. I mean, she's been an inspiration. Right. And this is a really a big step for me, too, because my background is not really, it's completely different. It's in the physical sciences and have an MBA. And so, Actually, a lot of our, a lot of my professors, tell me I have the most uh, interesting introduction because, you go, what are you doing here? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So anybody that doesn't know you, can you give them a little background on what you have done then? Since you said it was physical sciences, and what was the thought process that got you into Christian leadership? Well, I was a, a scientist initially, and I did that for almost twenty years, and. RTP also, so I was there before I moved to Topsail and pursued graduate studies when I got here, and I was trying to figure out what to do after my master's, and I told Pastor Bobby this story before, you know, he was riding his bike, and you know, he pulled up in the driveway, like, <laughs> <laughs> super aggressive, and said, hey, said, hey, Pastor Bobby, and you know, he talked about doing God's work. And mm. it really hit me. And so that afternoon I said, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a graduate program and, and do God's work. And that's how I ended up with the Christian leadership. And I'm doing it through Liberty. 
and it's been a great journey so far. It's really life changing. That's awesome, man. So my, uh, just kind of my experience with Paulo. So like I, I met Paulo, uh, you know, he's just like one of the most consistent people I know. Um, he's always there. Yep. Um, you can count on him, um, being present and active in whatever's going on. So I'd seen him consistently in the church and I just kind of went up to him and struck a conversation with him one day. Cause I saw him, uh, I saw him, he, he recorded himself playing keys, uh, and posted a, a thing on Facebook of, of him playing a song on the keys. And, uh, so I kind of went up to him after, after the service and I was like, Hey, uh, Paulo, I see you play keys. You, you ever be interested in like jumping up there and playing with us some like, why don't you just come practice with us? <laughs> so, yeah, so. he said you don't you don't have to play. You can just practice and jam out. <laughs> no pressure, right? So so then, then the way uh, we get you. So then Tuesday night comes and and we go to practice and uh, and I was like, hey Paula, why don't you just play with us Sunday? <laughs> yeah, and we've been playing just about every weekend since then, and it's been great. Yeah, yeah I really appreciate. It. And but and that's that how I met you too. But then in the, the conversation, you know, you just, you, you get to talking to him and you find out like, you know, he's, he's going for his doctorate in Christian leadership. And, uh, it's just, I think it's really cool how God works. Cause, uh, coming here, God kind of spurred me up towards leadership stuff. He told me I was here for peer leadership development. And I didn't really know what that was, what that looked like or what that entailed. And so I was just praying along those lines going, God, you know, surround me by leaders that are better than me. Uh, put, put people in my path that, uh, that are going to help me develop into the leader that you want me to be. And then I met Paulo <laughs> and I found out he's a, he's going for his doctorate in Christian leadership. Uh, so just couldn't have worked out any better in that sense. Uh, Paul is going to kind of be my right hand man with leadership development uh, preparation for stuff for the gathering. So uh, I thought who better to, to pull into a conversation about leadership for real though. Um, and then, you know, we just kind of on the fly today hit him up and we're like, Hey man, uh, you want to come and sit in on the podcast with us? And didn't even really have a, a topic <laughs> locked in other than we wanted to talk about leadership to some capacity. Right. And then he, uh, he brought up the, the importance of, uh, of authentic leadership. So, um, so Paulo, like, I mean, why specifically that topic? Cause now, um, you have every, well, every five minutes you have a new leadership book that comes out <laughs> and, it's been, our culture is just, it seems like we're obsessed with self-help and, and development. And, and the thing is, if you don't embody these things, these concepts of authenticity, being intentional, the concept of servant leadership, and there's two of them too, because there's one by Greenleaf from the 70s and servant leadership as modeled by Christ. And all these things shape your character. But if you're just parroting these buzzwords and it's not part of who you are and it's not authentic. Mm. Right. So my very first experience in, uh, in stepping into any kind of leadership development, um, was with a, a guy, I was working with a, a company called K2 solutions and we used to train bomb dogs for Marines. And, um, uh, I got kind of pulled into the office and paired up with, uh, through, kind of a sequence of events got paired up with the CEO of the company. He kind of took me underneath his wing and started working on shaping me as a leader. And, um, this guy was a Delta force commander. So he's like, you know, top tier leader. Uh, 
And, and I remember one of the, one of the first things that he assigned to me was he, he told me that, uh, he wanted me to give a speech on authentic leadership, <laughs> uh, for our organization day. So, um, I, me coming straight out of the field as a dog trainer into the office, like I, I was clueless <laughs> as to any, anything leadership related. And like, literally like my prayers at the time were God, you like shape and develop me as a leader, show me how to be a leader. And, um, Man, I had I was clueless. So when he when he said that to me, I was just like, "Man, you're you like, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> like, right. like, like, why do you want me to give a thing on authentic leadership?" And he's like, "Because I I know that uh, if you speak on it, you'll understand it. You'll learn. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll you'll grow to understand it." Uh, and and to him and and obviously to Paulo as well, that was one of the most important. Uh, one of the most important things to develop into a new leader was authenticity. Right. And, and he, he actually pointed me to the, the scriptural reference, uh, you know, Jesus talking about whoever wants to be first in the kingdom has to become least of all and servant mm-hmm. of all. Uh, and that was, that was kind of how he kicked me off in that direction. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, so what, what, are like the defining characteristics of that because um you know we can say like you said you know we can say the buzzword authentic but like and, and for the both of you what what were the defining characteristics that differentiate authentic leadership from i guess stereotypical common or you know what i mean mm-hmm. what what would be the things that set it apart as far as being an authentic servant leader, that whole model is really upside down and it's opposite of what you would think leadership is. Because you would think leadership involves power, pride, position, status, and control and dominance and it's it's not any of those things. Mm. And even talking, do you talk just to get a reaction, have people say, wow. Mm. Yeah. Are you, are you humble? That's big. Yeah. Yeah. And being willing to admit wrong. So it's always in the way that the world defines authentic leadership compared to the way that Christians define leadership or authentic leadership. What would be like the, the main difference? Because, I mean, you know, you do have leadership in all areas, like not just in the church, but also outside and in the business realm. Um, I mean, would you say that there are differences in where you serve, too, that would further define authentic leadership? Yeah, I think just going off of what Paulo said earlier, just talking about, um, you know, how it has to be in you, that 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 leadership, that servant leadership, especially, um, in er, in order to serve, in order to be a servant leader, you, you have to be intimate with the people around you. You have to be, uh, you have to have relationships with the people that you lead. Um, you have to have a heart for the mission. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to understand what the mission is for the group of people that you're leading because, uh, to be a servant leader, is not to blaze a trail, <laughs> you know. It's not to, um, it's not to be a uh, a pace setter in that you're, 
uh, you're, you're going out in front and, and necessarily showing them how to do There's places for that for sure. Right. For going out and, and setting the example and, and leading people in that way. Um, but I would say a greater deal of what I've experienced has been, um, understanding, uh, Bobby told me the very first thing that Bobby told me whenever I came on staff here was under, know the water that you're in, understand the water that you're in and don't drown the sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really hard for me to wrap my brain around whenever I first got here. And, Cause I had so much passion towards things that God had fired up in me. There were so many things that, um, that I wanted to see healthy, that I wanted to see changed, um, that I perceived as unhealthy. Um, and, uh, trying to lead people into those things. It's really easy to, when you put your heart's desires and your things up front to, uh, to push people (laughs) rather than, rather than to lead people. Um, and pushing people always is, is always perceived as, uh, aggressive as an aggression or as, uh, a domineering approach. Um, but when you, you take the time to understand and know the people around you and, and what, what God's fired them up for, there's a difference between a spiritual leader. Like you were talking about the difference between the world and, and a spiritual leader, mm-hmm. um, you know, a leader in an organization out in the world that, uh, that isn't taking a, uh, taking into account the spiritual side of things looks night and day different than um, somebody who got placed in a position of leadership to lead into spiritual things. Um, because in the in the world, in those leadership positions, a lot of times the, the task is already there. You know, the mm-hmm. task is already set. Um, the, uh, and I don't know, it's, a, it's just a different animal altogether. Right. And the big part of being authentic is making sure you're, your theology lines up with your philosophy and with your actual praxis. Right. To sum that up, you have to, you can't just talk the talk. You, you have to walk it too. Right. And and part of that is realizing that you're, you're part of the flock. Yeah. So as, you approach as leadership leader. uh, from an elevated position then you have it wrong right off the bat. Right. Because mm-hmm. first of all, you're, you're part of the flock. Right. And like what John said, you're leading from the front. You're not pushing them from the back. That'd be more like management versus leadership. Right. Right. So what What do you think is the best way to set yourself up for uh, authentic leadership and being an authentic leader? Um, you know, because I think the world... I think part of what does set authentic leadership apart, and, and I know I said the world, but even in even in Christian circles, like almost like you have to be a lone ranger kind of leader, right? They think that the self-governance is what uh, is almost how you're supposed to do it just because, well, yeah, I'm different. You know, I need to, I need to be set apart and lead. Oh, you do you know what I mean? Like, instead of leading from the front, pushing from the back. Uh, in other words, like, uh, 
I am alone in this fight kind of deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it where you get the Lone Ranger mentality and um to where you're looked to for everything rather than being part of the flock where you are uh where the buck stops and self governing. But do you I think some of that goes into the authenticity I mean just in what you're talking about, like you have to be a leader worth following. Right. You have to, like, if I heard a, a quote, uh, it was in that one of the books that we read here with the staff. Um, he, um, I'm trying to, trying to quote it right, but basically the quote is something to the effect of if you're a leader and there's nobody following you, you're not a leader. Right. <laughs> um, that's right. If, <laughs> if you have no followers, there's really not a whole lot of leadership going on. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so then, what do you think would be the best setup? Just you have to dig into the word, and study the word, and, and be immersed in it, and make sure your model of leadership is biblical, and that it's not just what culture says or a Western model, right, or something that doesn't really line up with Scripture, like the. You mentioned being a lone ranger, and it's really an artifact of culture. Because mm. you're, and it's not new too. We've been building up to this this whole concept of individualism, with the lone ranger Christian, right? And nothing grows alone. Mm. We, and, weird things grow alone, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? And that's really a, a, a myth, the myth of self sufficiency, and. I'm guilty of that for the longest time. Yeah. I want to do things alone. I want to do things my way. I don't need anybody. And you'll get to a point where you realize I've been, I've been doing it all wrong. Mm. And you start being in community and, and you realize it's, it's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. So what, what pointed out the need for course correction in that then? I mean, cause I think that's something that a lot of us fall prey to. But what were the signs that, hey, maybe there's a better way for either of you? Well, I, yeah, I can only speak for <laughs> me in this. So this, uh, for me, it was, like he said, digging in the scripture. I, um, I was raised in church. Uh, I was raised to be in the church every time the doors were open. Um, I was raised to be a good Christian young man, you know, checking all the boxes, doing all the right things, uh, you know, read your Bible and pray every day, <laughs> be in church every time the doors are open. Um, you know, that was, that was the culture that I grew up in. Um, I wholeheartedly rejected that when I got out on my own. Um, I saw so much unauthentic (laughs) people in the church growing up and so much, uh, so much hurt caused by that. So many, so many people who, uh, who were torn down to nothing because of unauthentic people, people who were putting up a facade and um, speaking curses over people and tearing people down. Uh, There was just this big disconnect in me with the church whenever I moved out on my own. And then when my wife and I got married, uh, we decided we wanted to raise our kids in truth. And so we started looking around for churches and every time I'd step back into the doors of a church, I had that same overwhelming 
thing come over me of, and, and a lot of it, man, a lot, just hindsight, a lot of it was probably more environmental mm-hmm. than it was actually taking the time to get to know the people inside of the church, like Paula was saying a minute ago. Um, you know, I would walk in and I would see pews and puke green carpet <laughs> or, or, or you trying to say you stepped into a baptistry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, or, or, a, or just a order of service, uh, right. done similarly to how I was raised up in the church of the stand up, sit down type worship hymnal, listen to a message, go home. Uh, right. And, and just, there was this, just this tension that rose up in me that was like no um and then we when i finally did find a spot and god's gracious you know he um he knew that about me he knew the wounds that i had in me that uh you know putting me in the right type of environment and then putting the right words in the mouth of uh a leader that he had raised up um put me in the right spot to hear and, uh, and that the church that I ended up in was doing a read through the Bible in a year program, kind of like we're doing right now with, with the gathering. And, um, I read through the scripture that year on my own without somebody leading me through it. And, um, and what I saw in the scripture in contrast to what I saw in the American church fueled a fire inside of me. Um, and, um, I had a different lens stepping into churches from that point. Um, and then I started learning to hear and listen Mm. and, um, and then I realized at that point, I think that's, that's, I mean, talk about the Lone Ranger leader. There's a different type of Lone Ranger leadership too. Right. And that sometimes it is lonely and when you're out front. Right. Um, sometimes when you hear clearly and the people around you are not. Right. Um, or the people around you have been falsely led. Um, you find yourself in a spot where, um, where you are being pushed to lead, not, not where you want to lead, right? but where you're, where, where the Holy Spirit's saying, Hey, why does this look this way? Mm -hmm. And I need you to be an influencer in that. Um, and, and a lot of times when you mess with people's stuff, they get angry with you. Um, mm-hmm. So um, if, if you're in a position of leadership because you want affirmation from people or because you want people to like you, then you need to step out of leadership. Yeah. Um, because 99% of the time when you're leading people into pl- a place of healing or into a place of growth, um, there's pain involved in that and, um, and hurt dogs bite. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Paula, what are your thoughts, man? If your model of leadership, means, I mean, looks like everyone's just all happy and smiling. And it's not, it's not really leadership mm. because leadership it's synonymous to change and conflict. And like what John said, how do you get people to leave the current state and move towards the preferred state? I think influences, uh, you know, you, you talked about the authenticity, the authenticity being important and the being connected. Uh, 
being a leader worth following. Um, if you don't have influence around you because you've been such a weirdo or, or because you've been, <laughs> been such an angry person or, or so disconnected from the culture. Or if yeah. you're just trying to get people to do something, but you yourself, you're not exhibiting right. what you're trying to get them to do, then you're not authentic. Right. And is it coming from a place of love mm-hmm. uh, and service to the people around you? Or, you know, that's a big part of this. And this is, it's, every step along the way is a learning lesson, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you step out into an area that God calls you to lead and it's an uncomfortable spot and um and you don't get the reception that you would have liked uh or you don't f- perceive any fruit from the effort that you put in um that hurts as a leader right like right. you when you pour that much of yourself into something and truly care um, to see people not respond. Um, it's easy for a leader to, to turn inward at that point and start going, was this me, (laughs) you know? Um, but Jesus taught on that, right? He said, you know, they, they hated me. So what makes you think that they're going to like you? Um, you know, if you're following me and they hated me and they called me the Prince of demons and you know, like, Mm. why, why do you think that they would receive you any better? Um, I think that, uh, that just, uh, you know, stepping into leadership with a mindset of, um, understanding that, uh, leadership is not for your benefit, but for the benefit of the people that you're leading, um, is, is massive, uh, learning to love the people around you and see them through God's eyes, through an eternal lens rather than through, uh, your flesh, um, and what you would like to see yeah. is, uh, is a, a constant, um, bringing yourself back up before the cross and going, Lord, uh, crucify me, you know, mm-hmm. like, like get all that mess out of me, get out, get that out of the way so that, um, so that I can love them the way that you love them so that I can serve them the way that you want me to serve them. Um, give me ears to hear, give me eyes to see. Um, you know, you've every person in the context of leadership inside a a local body of believers, um, every person that you meet in the flock is, is placed there by God. Mm -hmm. Um, whether you understand their gifting or their, their, their role, uh, in the body or not, God placed every single one of those people in, in your sphere of influence. Right. Um, and then told you to love them. Um, and that's the job. Yep. Love people. And a lot of that goes back to the image of God and how that acts as a protective blanket over all of humanity. And if you get that down as a leader, it neutralizes a lot of dysfunctionalities. So it neutralizes racism, sexism, ethnocentrism, because you respect people. Right. And and it's part of who you are. You're not just playing nice. 
So we, we kind of briefly scratched the surface of that, you know, ethros, I can't, my brain does not work with words, <laughs> ethnocentrism, right? Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we kind of bri- briefly scratched the surface of that uh, in a conversation the other day. Um, but I think that's something that is so prevalent in American Christianity um, and something that's a huge problem Yeah, um, just in understanding cultures, um, understanding and, and loving people like that. Um, what are some things that you see, Paulo? Just, you know, you, you know, you said you moved here when you were 12. There's some massive cultural differences between, um, where you came from and here. So, um, how do you see that play out in front of you in the church? Well, that was a, a culture shock really coming initially moving here just a abundance of things and it's taken for granted mm. if you don't know anything if you don't know otherwise and that's what you think is normal and go back to acts when some of the widows were not getting as much as the other widows what was the reason for that was it ageism? Was was it culture related? Was it ethnocentric? So it was all there too, and we learned from it because it wasn't hidden. That's big. That's if you didn't catch that just now in the conversation, pay attention because mm-hmm. that um, that's a spiritual truth bomb that Paulo just dropped right there. Mm-hmm. It points to the kingdom. The kingdom is. Not always what we picture it to be. It's much larger than that. And there's a, there's a lot of facade in the church. Oh yeah. <clears throat> there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things. And I, and when I say the church, I don't mean the gathering specific. <laughs> I mean right, I mean right. the the overarching church. Capital C. Um, there's there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of hidden things and things that are tucked underneath the rug and. Uh, a lot of bad fruit that grows that gets knocked off the branches mm-hmm. um, to to try to make it look like a healthy, fruitful tree. Uh, Especially for me, culture-wise, with Eastern culture, there's this concept of face. Yeah. And you you went to China, so yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about. I forgot the Chinese word for it. Um, Kaylee yeah, knows. Tell you. Kaylee, <laughs> Kaylee knows. <laughs> And and it's part of who I am. Yeah. And Can so, you explain a little bit? Like, expound on face. It's a concept of face, how you project yourself, and and just a, really a facade. Yeah. And and I catch myself; it's deeply rooted in me, and I have to be aware of it. Right? Am I being real? Am I being vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Or is this do I want to look strong? Do I want to look in control? Do I want to, do I want to look like I always have it together? Or do I open up to people? I'm guilty of not doing a lot of these things. Right. And it's deeply rooted in me, and but I'm aware of it. And trying to make changes, but it's difficult. It's not easy. Right. It's not something I can just... 
I'm changed now, guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Take some digging to well, get to the, the bottom is, of that root. The face is gone. Or the concept of face. So. Yeah. So what is that? What is that combated spiritually with? Um, do you? Uh, what do you? What do you? What do you perceive the Holy Spirit doing in you in that? Like, what are the common themes that come up to to combat that in you to make you more into the image of Christ? It's the, it really goes against the concept of community and letting people know who you really are. And even if it's just asking for help and being vulnerable. I think that that transparency that, uh, you know, I know that's a buzzword. I'm trying not to use too many buzzwords. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that that uh that transparency uh the the hey this is this is uh, i mean your, your pastors are men just like you are um your leadership are men just like you are mm-hmm. um they have the same sets of struggles they they you know it's it's the same it's the same fight for all of us um it's a it's a fight between the flesh and the spirit and it's uh what you pour into your bucket is what comes out when you overflow. Yep. Um, doesn't matter how, how, how much you want to try to cap that bucket and you want to try to push those things down. That's a suppression of the truth. Right. And, uh, I heard it described one time as uh, trying to hold a beach ball underneath the water. Like <laughs> you, you, you take a beach ball and you stuff it underneath the water and you're trying to hold it down. It's popping and, up. And when it, when it comes out, it comes out with, Force. fierceness yeah <laughs> um, yeah um uh, yeah but when those things come and i mean this is this is perfect when i was uh when i was reading earlier i'm preparing for the message on wednesday night and uh, the thing came up highlighted was james one uh, you know consider it pure joy when you face trials of various kinds for the testing of your faith produces endurance yeah um faith is a spiritual thing yeah, it's uh, it is something that if you're not aware in the spirit of what's going on, it's impossible to walk by faith. Uh, it's impossible to please God without faith. Um, we have to walk in the spirit in order to exercise faith in our lives, and faith, um, faith comes through that testing. It comes through that those trials that come up around you, and those are. Those are the things that get things to the boiling point where all the nasty comes to the surface. Right. Um, and uh, if we're not willing to deal with those things, if we're not willing to place ourselves in uncomfortable positions, um, then we limit how many of those opportunities that we have for growth right. to get that ugliness out of the way. Um, and I think that's such a huge thing that you experience in leadership. Um, because you're constantly in the fire in, mm-hmm. in leadership positions, uh, man, the, the responsibility that, that Bobby shoulders for the gathering, um, that, that isn't on display for everyone to see right. <laughs> the, the stuff that, uh, that he carries with him on a day to day basis. Um, that, uh, that requires being in the fire. Um, it requires refinement and testing and, um, I think we're blessed to have leaders that that go through those things like that that are willing to step into uncomfortable situations and and continue to lead, continue to be out front and making decisions um 
that a lot of times are uh, met with great opposition. Right. Um, I just, yeah, transparency is a huge deal. And um, when you make yourself vulnerable like that, like like Paul was saying, be a, be a part of the community. Uh, in order to be a part of the community, you've got to commune. <laughs> you've right. got to be with people and be real uh, and uh, let people see what's really going on. Um, and then we can come alongside of one another and encourage one another and build one another up. Um, yeah. And, and then when correction comes from a brother, uh, you know, you've already walked through difficult situations together. Right. Um, they know that you care and they'll receive correction. But if you, uh, you try to correct somebody you don't have a relationship with, it's <laughs> in one ear and out the other. Right. Or fought back. Yeah. Or it comes with blows. Right. That's good stuff. So authentic leadership, uh, as far as, uh, can you, Paula, can you give an example of, um, of something that you've seen, um, in not gathering related, but, uh, just over, over the course of development that God's building into you over, over the last, you know, 10 years or so, um, good example of authentic leadership or a really terrible example of authentic leadership <laughs> would also work. I was about to say good. I think good and bad. I think, uh, if you talk about being obedient you can you can do all the right things and be obedient and be hostile inside at the same time. Mm. So then you're not authentic. If you're not submitted completely, if you don't submit completely, you're just outwardly obedient. It's it's not it's not adequate because you have the external things and the internal things that no one can see. And they have to, they have to line up. Mm-hmm. Let's say if you're serving in a soup kitchen, and it looks obedient, right? But if your view of people is wrong, if you don't consider the doctrine of the image of God, you can be hostile inside the whole time you're serving. And if you're leading that, and no one can see the hostile part, it's all inside. Then you're not being authentic. So you have to. You can't just look like you're loving others. It has to be part of who you are. Right. Yeah. But man, every every I feel like every episode comes to the same thing. Like the the heart of the matter, right? Yeah. I mean, because that's at the end of the day, that's that's the case for even this. Like, you have to put it on display because there's been a thought that's come up a lot for me, and it's the fact that sometimes you know you do have to. Uh, continue to do things to build the heart behind it for one. Sometimes that is the case, but other times like you've got to be authentic and out and work through the things too. And that would be one of those cases for me. Like you've, you've got to understand why other people have the heart behind it the, the way that they do. So that way you can begin to work into that yourself. Um, but also be softened by God to, to work into it too. Um, cause sometimes, man, he can just wreck you for something out of the blue and it completely change you. Um, but yeah, yeah, you do have to, you really do need to put it on display 
Otherwise, it's not authentic at all. And it will, just like the beach ball, come out with a vengeance. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's self-serving. Right? It's a, uh, look at me <laughs> kind of deal, you know? It's not a, I'm here to serve. Right. Yeah. So, I think the takeaways, right? Like, be authentic. Uh, let, uh, from the... From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, let let the the overflow be him. Um, mm. You know, don't it's that contrast between the flesh and the spirit. Uh, live in the spirit. Allow the spirit to fill you. Um, you do that by being in God's word, by letting it um, letting it change you from the inside out. Um, I, th- I think of what Jesus was talking about, the Pharisees, you know, whitewashed tombs, right? They're beautiful mm-hmm. on the outside, but inside they're full of dead men's bones. Um, yep. I think that's true for all of us uh, to some degree. Um, there are so much, or there are so many things um, tucked away and hidden in in so many different people, Um and all of us, we've all got hidden things. Uh, I think that our our heart should be to say, God, reveal the hidden things and get them out in the light so we can get get rid of them and right. and make it right. Uh, and then uh, and then the other side of it for me is that um, you know if, if you're if you're leading to be seen, if you're leading to to be liked um, or to to receive affirmation, then um, then step out. Um, let's let somebody step in with a humble heart. Um, God's God places people in a position of authority. So, uh, I think a lot of times we uh, we hang on to things. We uh, we hang on to things fiercely. Um, things that aren't good for us sometimes because they're comfortable. Right. Uh, we hang on to, and I think that we all need to be willing to ask the questions, uh, willing, willing to go, Lord, what, what offensive thing in me needs to go away? Um, and, um, like Paula said, we're, we're one, we're a flock together and he's the shepherd. Um, and anybody who enters into the flock by any means other than the sheep gate, which is Jesus. Right. Um, is a wolf. <laughs> so right. so um, right. we've got, we've got to be, we got to be real with one another and we got to, we got to, we got to act like a flock, protect one another and grow together. Yep. Well guys, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Paula, right. Paula, you got some closing thoughts. Oh, I'm glad I'm here with you guys and it's my I guess this counts as the my first podcast that nice. that I actually <laughs> listen that I actually listen to because I'm here with you guys right? <laughs> and I'm so out of it. Kyle actually corrected me in the in the hallway. I told him, well, "Yeah, I'll watch your podcast." And he said, "Probably you listen to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't watch it." So, I appreciate it, Kyle. Yeah, man. Hey, we could do video podcast too, but there's too much editing in that. <laughs> That's a whole other animal, man. 
uh anyway but no man i I do appreciate you sitting in and talking with us about uh, leadership because it's a thing it goes back to something that i've said a lot in coastline and that's everybody leads someone or something and so being an authentic leader is not just people in positions of authority or people in positions of power it's it starts with the lowest of the low right it starts at the bottom of the totem pole if there is such a thing so and when people are looking for leaders uh, it's actually closer than what you think right according to the surveys people are looking for leaders that are close to them yeah so people are watching you that's right and so it's it's something for all of us something that we all need to consider so um anyway paulo thank you again man it's been good, and I hope this isn't your last one that you sit in on. All right, thanks, <laughs> so, anyway, guys, uh, like we said, this is the Walking Together podcast, and so you can get some information from the website at gatheringsurfcity.com slash WTP, or if you want to leave us another topic or comment on anything that we said, or even ask Paulo a question again, we'll have him on. Yeah, you heard that right, Paula. <laughs> uh, but yeah, visit gatheringsurfcity.com slash WTP. We want your questions. We want your feedback. We want to know uh, how you think we're doing. If you like the intro music and outro music. Uh, all the things, guys. This is, um, y'all are our community. And so we want to hear from you. We want to grow together, learn from one another, and uh, just be- just become better leaders, teachers, and all of us just become more like Jesus. So thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. I will catch you next time. Later, y'all.